Matt, how was it going? Okay, Mike, I have one. I, I have two points, but one question for you. Is this real life? Am I looking at the correct score? Is Tony Brothers going to, like, take away, you know, six points somehow? Say, like, you know, six, six three-pointers were really two-pointers? Or are we are we good? Like, is the score final? Uh, you know, if one ref could take away points this late, it would probably be Tony Brothers. But I think we're good at this point. Then I, then I only have one thing to say is that we have a 3-2 lead in the Eastern Conference Finals, and the Raptors are one win away from the NBA Finals. You know, I I think a lot of times what happens is maybe it's because, as my parents would call me, I'm a contrarian. I like to, as momentum gets building up, I like to kind of swerve the other way. So what I'm going to do first is preface this and get my negative energy out of the way first. Okay. Teams that were trailing 0-2 came mm-hmm. back to win three in a row have that's happened 15 times in NBA history. The team that has won three in a row is eight and seven in those 15 times. Now that's a small sample, but I, my overall point is the series isn't over yet. But after being down 0-2, fighting off elimination for two, not elimination technically, but essentially what would be elimination for two games in a row, and then winning a critical game five in the Milwaukee Bucks home arena, it's hard not to feel good about this team right now. I mean, it really isn't, and it's, you know, there's so many different things that we can talk about, but the defensive scheming, you know, for me, has, for the most part, been absolutely excellent. Credit to Nick Nurse, he's, uh, he switched Kawhi onto Giannis Antetokounmpo, that has made all the difference in this series. Basically, if you look at the matchup data and the eye test backs this up, whenever Kawhi's been on Giannis, he's been locked down. It's been the biggest turning point of the series, and Kawhi's getting a lot of help, particularly at the rim with Marcus Gasol and Pascal Siakam. But that defensive change that Nick Nurse made, and you know, I'm sure it was a joint decision with Kawhi Leonard, has made all the difference. You know, it really, it really has, and it, and, and you know, I think the other thing too is that the team needed to trust the supporting cast a little bit more. I think, um, you know, I was actually at Game Three when they when they tried to when they tried tried it a little bit and it opened up the floor a little bit and then game four in this game, we've seen um, the whole team just trust the supporting cast more. And, and I mean, it's worked out, right? Like Norman Powell was great last game in game four. And obviously uh, Fred, Steph Curry, uh, Van Fleet, right. Um, you know, he's, he, he came up huge this game too. And uh, I think, I think, I think this team is gelling at just the right time. Yeah. I think that's a great point. You're getting, bench contributions from players that you haven't seen and you know as we talk about Fred and Fleet I think we need a formal apology Matt yeah, um, yeah. Oh, I knew it was coming <laughs> Fred Van Fleet you know what this also is uh, just credit to Nick Nurse again as we talk about this everybody freaked out everybody said that Jeremy Lin needs to play that they need to cut to seven man rotation I've been saying he needs to play less I would still I would say was more on the Fred optimist side than most but still didn't believe in him like Nick Nurse. And Nick Nurse said, you know, we only really got eight guys. I'm not losing one of them this early in the postseason. He stuck with his guys. And, you know, at this point in time, it's proving it's paying huge dividends for the Raptors and really won them this game. The fact that Fred Van Vliet, if he had been pulled from the rotation, they don't win this. No, yeah. And and definitely this series, 
that uh, I, I don't know if they're winning any of the three games without Van Vliet. I mean, Van Vliet had 21 points tonight on seven of nine shooting from three. Like that is finished, that is finished plus 26 and a plus minus. Yeah, yeah, like the highest on the team. <laughs> Danny, like, uh, I, I mean, Danny Green has kind of taken the the hate the hate train from the Toronto fans in the last, you know, the, this series. So, um, but yeah, but yeah, I mean, Fred VanVleet was absolutely fantastic. You know, he he, he kind of has a Lowry uh, stat line tonight, where you know the twenty one points is amazing. You don't see much production anywhere else, but I thought he played some fantastic defense, and including locking up Giannis on a post up one time. Like, like, like that's just like, that's just the sort of. Uh, player that's putting it all out on the floor and really just trying to trying to get the win right and you know one of the things that kept me optimistic about him throughout this postseason is one he's he's a really good defender and a really underrated defender obviously he has some limitations on on that end due to his size and he's not a super athletic guy but he's very intelligent on that end and makes a ton of just little heads up plays and tough as nails on there as well and two he just you know he he understands how to play basketball and he understands what he's doing. And sometimes he dribbles the air out of the ball. And I know that frustrates people, but he, I just have more faith in him than I do a lot of the other options on the bench when it comes to understanding the moment and understanding the situation. Um, in regards to your, the hates turned on Danny green. I, you know, if anything as a fan base, don't you think we would have learned that after you hate on Norman Polly has a big game and you hate on Fred Van Vliet and he has a big game. Like, can we just have some patience with these guys? And I know it's tough to watch, and I know that he's really struggling from three. But if we've learned anything this postseason, and I just think this pretty much holds true for all teams and all players, is just be patient, and more than likely you're going to come back around to what you were as a career player rather than what you've been over these past, you know, four games. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, I gotta think that Danny's nursing some sort of injury of some sort. Um, he just looks a little, just looks a little slow, a little, a little out of, uh, out of sync. Um, but I mean, again, credit to Nick Nurse, right? Danny only played 16 minutes. Norm played 24, right? Like Norm kind of took some of those minutes away, and I think that was a really good decision because Norm played great. I, I actually looking at his stat line, it, it, it felt like he was more impactful than his eight points um, were, and uh, you know he played, he played really well. As, uh, as well so i mean and and i still you know uh, mike i think it was you who tweeted out you know i believe in danny green as a career player or something like that you said it like four or five times yeah <laughs> yeah and, and and you know i tend to agree with you too right and if if anything else like i trust danny green in high in high pressure situations because he's a champ he's been there before and he's and and he's a great player and a great leader for this team as well yeah, you know, the guy set the record for three-point shots made in an NBA Finals series and was a legitimate uh, Finals MVP candidate before they lost that series to the Miami Heat. So just, to me, it could be an injury, but more than anything, he's just missing shots, which doesn't seem like an injury. I think that's just you happen to be missing shots, and like I said, the Raptors are going to need him if they want to beat the Warriors. So... If the game is really close, then perhaps he doesn't need to play in the second half of Game 6. But I wouldn't change the starting lineup. I would keep what the Raptors have done. And I know they kind of got punched in the mouth, but I think that was being on the road more than anything to start this game. And I would keep Danny Green heavily involved in the rotation, and I wouldn't even take him out as a starter yet. One, uh, you don't want to kill Danny Green's confidence. Like we said, we're going to need him. And two... You don't. I don't know if you want to take away Norman Powell from the bench when he's been playing so good. So, if I'm Nick Nurse, I stick with the starting five. What would you do? 
Yeah, I oh, I, I 100% agree. I would stick with the starting five. I think um, I think Van Vliet, Powell, and Ibaka have really brought some energy and a much-needed boost, which is what you need from your bench, right? Um, you know, Powell's been, um, you know, I think the biggest difference in Powell's game is that he's letting the game come to him a little bit more, and he's being very impactful on the defensive end. Ibaka's being just, a, like, the biggest energy, quote-unquote, surge that, that you know, the, Ra- that the Raptors have coming off the bench right now, and Van Vliet's, you know, hitting threes, right? So he's stretching the floor. Um, I think the just the complementary skills and what people do within the starting lineup is is too important at this point to change for me either. So I would I would definitely keep it the same. No, you, that's a great point about Serge Ibaka. He's been just he's played maybe twenty minutes a series or a game this series, maybe probably a hair under that, and has just been a giant energy guy. And the Raptors need him to be that, and he's done a pretty good job when switched out on Giannis. He's uh pretty he's pretty mobile for his size, obviously used to play power forward where that would be his natural matchup. Now as a center, I think he's done a good job on switches of just forcing Giannis into jump shots and then walling off the paint. And then on the offensive end, he didn't have any offensive rebounds in this game, but he's just always kind of a presence around the boards. And I think he's done an excellent job of just kind of being an energy guy when the Raptors needed that as kind of a spark plug off the bench. Yeah, I think, um, you know, and the best part I think about Ibaka is that how often is your energy guy a veteran who's been to the finals before, right? Like, not very often. So, you know, I think he can be really trusted, and I think you made a really good point, too, about his um, his defensive stance on Giannis. There was, a, uh, there was a little point there, maybe in the third quarter, second quarter, when uh, Raptors were down a little bit, and, and Ibaka had got, got his number called to guard Giannis, and he did a fantastic job, right? So... You, you, you know, like you know, kind of like I said earlier, it's just nice to see this team gelling, understanding each other's strengths and weaknesses a little bit more. And I mean, still, I gotta say, like all throughout the playoffs, the Raptors pretty good job of running teams off the line. And here's another high three point shooting team that they've been running off the line. What you know? Let's kind of, I guess, are there any last thoughts that you have for Game Five before we kind of look forward to Game Six here? I just think. Um, I just think credit to Nick Nurse, I think, is really important here because he made he really did make the right decisions tonight. Um, he 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 really just wrote the rotations were really smart. Um, he kept the team poised and calm. And I felt that uh, he just did a really good job of, uh, of, you know, when the team needed a bucket, they, they called the right play. They got the right action that they needed. And, uh, you know, I think uh, coaching can sometimes get lost, but it, this is a tough game to get, right? Winning two in a row, going on the road, getting another win um, is huge. So, so, so I, think, I think a lot of credit. I think, the, you know, the coaching was really, really good tonight. Probably the best I've seen in the entire playoffs. I totally agree. Um, Nick Nurse took a lot of lumps, and I think fair criticisms during the Philadelphia 76ers series. He's been the better coach in this series so far and has outcoached Budenholzer in you know these five games here. So we'll see if Bud is a pretty notorious guy for not making adjustments and kind of sticking with the game plan. We talked about how Nick Nurse stuck with the game plan and it paid huge dividends for Fred Van Vliet. But I'll be curious to see kind of what Milwaukee does, if anything. Um, and that, I guess that kind of just transitioned us here to game six. Um, yeah. What do you think Milwaukee's going to do? They've lost three in a row. They made the lineup change for this 
became substituting in Malcolm Brogdon in place of Nikola Mirotic. Um, Mirotic got limited to nine minutes. He's pretty awful. Uh, the Bucks are a pretty low-minute team, typically. Brooke Lopez plays over 30. All of the starting five plays over 30. Giannis plays 40. Um, you know, what's their next move? You know, for me, I, uh, yeah, I, I think I you have to keep the starting lineup the same. I think Brogdon's been too impactful to not do that, and um, especially at this point. And I do also think that you have to limit Miritich's minutes. Um, it was funny that hey, I know you were probably watching the TNT broadcast, but on the on the Canadian one, uh, on the TSN one, they kept on making fun of how. Uh, uh, Whenever Miritich, whenever Miritich was getting guarded, it seemed like he was getting scored on, and it was 100% true. I mean, like, he was a minus 11, second worst on the team next to George Hill, which is surprising because he had 12 points. But, yeah, so for me, I think the Bucks keep the starting lineup the same. Again, Bud being a little bit notorious. But I think what they need to do is play through Giannis a little bit more. I think Giannis, um, you know, you, you know, he gets the ball, gets the ball in a lot of, spots that aren't good for him right like run r- running a few more sets like how we're running for um uh marcus all in the you know in the high in the high elbow there i think would really open up some options for the milwaukee bucks especially in terms of getting some threes as well i agree with that um they do the raptors have pretty much switch, switched every pick and roll involving Kawhi. it's pretty yeah. clear that their stance is okay we feel comfortable with a center guarding Giannis rather than having Kawhi being at a disadvantage, which I think has been played off beautifully for them and I, I'm a big fan of. But my question is if it just takes a simple screen to switch the defender, why aren't you doing that before every possession? I don't understand why they want to run these Giannis isolations when you can just set a screen and have him going against Marcus Hall instead. That's been a really weird thing for me. Um, if I were them, I would look at making a change to the starting lineup you said Malcolm Brogdon's been great. I totally agree with that. I would be instead putting in George Hill in place of Eric Bledsoe. It gives That's you, a, so. yeah, it gives you a little more spacing. Um, it helps Giannis out when he's on the floor, and then I think Bledsoe can serve as almost an energy guy. Now Bud knows his team better than I do. There's a chance that you know, depending on the type of guy Eric Bledsoe is, and I don't know him, if that could be kind of the straw that breaks a camel's back in terms of how he's struggling on this game in this series and kind of, you know, really putting him at a mental disadvantage. So we'll see if that's the case. I would guess that he doesn't switch it. I would look into it if I were him. Um, but with that said, yeah, Nikola Mirotic has been just brutal in this series. I would probably look at playing Ersan Ilyasova and Pat Connaughton in all those minutes as well. I'm actually, I'm actually surprised how little Connaughton has played in this series because I feel like he, I mean, I know it was minus 12 tonight in 12 minutes, but he, he he can be very impactful and, and and especially against you know an older team like the Raptors his his energy could really create some uh, create some problems for the team. Uh, I mean he was I mean he only shot one three and he made it so I mean it's hard to it's hard to you know justify his offensive uh, productivity. But I'm just I, I'm just surprised with how little he's been playing and I mean you know credit to the Raptors as well after the first two games they've really neutralized the um, the Bucks bench. A lot more, right? Like, I mean, everybody on the bunch uh, on the Bucks bench was a negative except for Sterling Brown, who was only a plus one, right? So, I mean, I, I mean, credit to the Ra- credit to the Raptors defense for sure, but um, I also think that they need, uh, you know, they need to get Middleton going a little bit more. He only had six points tonight. 
Yeah, no, Middleton, after that big game, uh, game four, was really quiet. He's been pretty much shut down all series. And, you know, he finishes with 10 points and 10 rebounds. So apparently he's doing, or I'm sorry, 10 assists and 10 rebounds. So he's doing the other things. And I thought, and I think he's done an excellent job on Kawhi. It's, you know, perhaps comes off a little ironic to say a guy who's dropping 30 per game in those series is getting defended well. But I think Middleton's done a really good job of being physical with him, making him catch the ball in places he's uncomfortable, and really doing a good job overall. But, I mean, that just, again, speaks to how great Kawhi Leonard is. Um, but, yeah, he needs to get going offensively. I think Brooke Lopez has been great for them. Um, you know, it will be interesting to see what they do offensively. Hopefully for them, uh, not from a Raptors perspective, but you can get Giannis a little more involved. The free yeah. throw thing is really really troubling if you're a Milwaukee fan at this point. There was a point early in the game, and it was just a little thing that I noticed. He gets fouled as he's going up, and it looks like he turns to pass at the last second to kick it out to the corner, mm. and it essentially took two free throws off the board, and that tells me that he doesn't want to go to the free throw line. So if I'm Toronto, until this kind of gets solved, I'm if he's anywhere around the hoop, I'm just hacking him. And you, he's so strong and he's so powerful that – you kind of risk yourself for being an and one. But if you think that you can get him while the ball's low and he's not already going up, I make sure that I foul him before he gets any chance to get a clean look at the rim. Yeah, yeah, I think so too because um I mean I mean really the you know, the Raptors defense has been really good on Giannis. It's the only the only times where he's been the most effective has been in those single coverages and doing that amazingly wide Euro step that I don't know how you stop that you know what i mean <laughs> um but uh but yeah but yeah and i think you know if i'm the bucks too i think they need to get back a little bit more to their traditional stuff of you know moving the ball around the three-point line trying to find that open three-point shooter because um you know you, you know they, they're, they're just not taking as many threes i mean Giannis was two for three from three which was crazy but i'd still take those Giannis threes all day yeah i totally agree with that the other area that they just have been kind of slowed down, and this is credit to the Raptors, I think, more than the Bucks messing up, is they just, the team has done absolutely nothing in the half court, and it seems like the Raptors have now been, done a good job of stopping them, kind of getting back in transition and making them score in the half court. Uh, if you look at the overall numbers on cleaning the glass in games, uh, in the first four games, Toronto held them to, like, I believe what was the worst half-court offense, what would have equated to the worst half-court offense in the NBA during the regular season. They just have done absolutely nothing on that end. And when you're scoring all your points in transition, it's really nice during the regular season when you can kind of get out and do that. And the postseason when things kind of clog up, it's a little bit more difficult. So what you're seeing with this Milwaukee team is that as good as they are and as talented they are when they get kind of on a full run, they're struggling on the other end when things kind of get more methodical and to a slower pace. Yeah, yeah, and I, I believe they were 53 points for 100 possessions. It, 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 that that's that half court stat that you were uh, referring to. I believe it was something like 53, and uh, which is, I mean, incredible defense, right? And uh, I mean, for the Raptors, right? Like they just got to keep on doubling in the post, running off the line, and, um, you know, clogging up the key as much as they can. I think they've done a very, like, just such an excellent job of trying to stop those, um, you know, those half, those cross-court passes and those cross-court um, uh, actions that it's, it's, it's really bothering the Bucks. and I think 
what you're seeing is the results of the veteran team staying poised and the Milwaukee losing a little bit, a little bit of its poise. Right. Yeah. I. It's you know I'm not the biggest experienced guy in that aspect, but um, in terms of kind of what it means. But I think what you're seeing here is a Milwaukee team that hasn't. You know, they haven't played in these moments. And once you play in your first NBA Finals, the conference finals seem like a lesser deal. And Kawhi's been there and Danny Green's been there. Uh, you know, Mike Conley, or not Mike Conley, I'm sorry. Whoa. Mark Gasol. Mark Gasol, yeah, Kyle, Kyle Lowry have been in big moments like this. So for Milwaukee, um, this is all new to them. And for Toronto, they may not have been there together as a team, but these guys individually have been on the stage. And whether that's the difference or if it's just the Raptors out playing, we won't know. But you can't say that it's not a factor, at least at this point. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 for sure. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, credit to to the Raptors. Like, Kawhi, again, that medical staff, right? Like, like, like don't you want to stay quiet for that medical staff? Game four, looked like he couldn't walk. Game five, man's man's Duncan uh Lowry's you know uh, Mike I don't know if you heard that quote but he's in a lot of pain thank god he's on his left hand not his right hand and uh you know the 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 Raptors look energized again and it it could be because of that bench help right but they look sluggish in in game three there and now they're and now they're uh now and now they're I mean they're one win away from the NBA finals yeah yeah they're one win away (laughs) so if you're Toronto are there any adjustments that you think they need to make right now in order to kind of get ahead of the curve before Milwaukee makes their moves. Ooh. Um, it's, it, it's so hard, right? When what's working is working. I think, um, I think you need to be prepared to, for, for, you know, more, more sets where Kawhi is really going to be double and tripled. And, um, you know, they're really daring. You know, one thing I really noticed throughout the game is they're daring Siakam to shoot that three. And um, I think Siakam needs to be prepared for that, or they need to, or they need to run some sort of action, you know, off ball to help to help Siakam in those situations, uh, or Siakam, or or you know, Siakam needs to do something with with the ball. I think that's one adjustment you can make. Um, you know, Siakam's offensive production over the series has been a little disappointing, um, and he's made some tough decisions as well. And uh, you know, honestly, keep keep feeding Marcus All. Uh, I know he had a couple of rough. <laughs> drives to the paint and some really rough, uh, yeah, you know, bunny bunny jumpers, you know, in in the paint as well. But I mean, this guy's an offensive weapon still, right? And I think getting keeping him involved, keeping him, uh, you know, keep looking for him from the three point line as well. I think is really important. Those are really dagger threes when he's hitting those, and um, and you know, keep running the rotation the way you're going and. From a coaching perspective, I think Nurse, you know, Nurse has to say to the guys, "Hey, if Ibaka, if Ibaka's cooking, we're keeping him in there. If Danny's cooking, great. He, has, he hasn't played much anyway. Um, but whoever, whoever are your five best, ride, ride him, ride him in the fourth quarter of the next game." Yeah, I totally agree. Try to close that thing out in Toronto. You don't want it going to Milwaukee for a seventh game if that means you have to play. Kawhi Leonard, Kyle Lowry, Pascal Siakam, forty-five minutes, and you play in forty-five minutes. That. You know, the better you can close this out, the better, or the quicker you can close this out, the better. Uh, for as far as Mark and Serge, that would be one matchup or one kind of rotation where I would be quick to rotate. Um, I, I don't think that it particularly is a big difference who's in versus the other. I think they're both 
probably you know in different ways obviously but both equally adequate so that would be something where i would want to keep the freshest guy in but other than that you're right you got to play the hottest hand and whether that's fred van vliet or norman powell in the shooting guard role or whether that's just sticking with Kawhi and pascal longer than you typically do i am all for that for kind of trying to close us out at six i'm glad you brought up the point about pascal siakam from three he has struggled from three really this entire series and kind of the past two he got he got up seven three-point attempts in this one and i would like to see the raptors kind of try to as the ball gets swung to him maybe already have him working on a cut to get to the hoop and kind of backdoor cutting and OG does a great job of when he's in that corner kind of selectively moving and selectively knowing when to shoot he's a little bit more of a gifted uh, shooter than Pascal is but a little bit worse of a finisher on the hoop so I'd like to see to see the Raptors kind of and maybe that includes a couple actions where you have Green or Van Vliet screening for him while he cuts to the hoop as the other one fades to the corner but I would like to see them be a little bit more creative in what they're able to do so it just doesn't end up with another six Pascal Siakam three-point attempt game because he just, you know, he's he's an improved shooter, but he's still not a good shooter. Yeah, I think, you know, when we get to preview of the offseason podcast, folks, but what, what does Siakam need to work on? Because he's guaranteed to be here no matter what next season. Uh, uh, dude. Just, just, just jacked up a thousand threes a day. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what you need to do. And, it, and the interesting thing is that I don't know if you noticed this, the two threes that he hit were the toughest ones, and the open threes were the ones that he was struggling with. So, um, so yeah, 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 yeah. That's definitely something that they need to do. And, and you know, if I'm the Warriors, I'm, I'm watching that and saying there's, there's something that you can really exploit if the Raptors make it to the finals is, uh, is Pascal Siakam in. And uh, you know, Dar- also another thing I find with Siakam too is. The Bucks are really daring him to drive into the double team, and when he gets into that double team, his decision-making isn't there necessarily. He doesn't necessarily find the right guy, or he turns it over, or he takes a really bad shot. And, you know, those are precious possessions, especially as you get into the, you know, the, the, the second half of games, that he needs to clean up a little bit on the decision-making. It was better this game, but I've still noticed some bad decisions uh, being made when he drives into the double teams there as well. No, that... That's right, and I think what a lot of it has to do with is he has Giannis on him for so long that when he gets Ursan Ilyasova or gets Brooke Lopez or any kind of easier matchup, he almost gets this kind of wide-eyed, now I get to attack, and finally it's been so long that I haven't had someone who isn't the dominant defender on me, and it's resulted in a few bad decisions and a couple times where it looks like he's forcing the issue with shots that are difficult and he's you know he makes a lot of difficult shots around the rim and that wouldn't be surprising if he made a few of them but just a little bit smarter shot selection as he drives to the hoop would be nice and i think just it's the mental fatigue of Giannis guarding him for 36 minutes and when you get four on with pat Connaughton or malcolm brogdon on you then you need to attack and i understand that at some level but at the same time, you can't attack to the detriment of your team. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And, you know, like Pascal, if you're drawing double teams, that means somebody's open or that means there's a hockey assist available to give one of your teammates a three. And I think at this point, it is it, that's more important than anything. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it Just kind of in regards to the hockey thing, just because it triggered something in my mind. The one thing that the Raptors are still doing in this series, and it blends bleeds in from the previous uh 
round against the 76ers where they did it much worse is they're still overpassing. I A lot of times you just see the ball t- ripped around the uh, perimeter and then, you know, ironically enough to Pascal Siakam in the corner. But I just would rather have Kyle Lowry tempt the semi-difficult shot than try to work it. And I understand a lot of the pass up a good shot for a great shot in the Spursian aspect of this team that they've developed since Gasol's come into the starting lineup. And I think it's overall a good thing. But sometimes you're playing an elite defense and you just need to get a good shot. And a great shot might not surface because the rotations are so fast and they're so long. So one thing I would like to see kind of in game six is if you get a good shot, sometimes it's okay just to take it and not worry about possibly a better look around the corner. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think, you know, I, to close out a series, right, like you're always more comfortable at home on, on your own rims and you've got the, the energy from the crowd. So, um, you know, I'm hoping Scotiabank Arena brings it because there was when I was there for game three, there was some anxiety. <laughs> so, so, so I'm hoping, so I'm hoping we bring it because, I mean, I mean, you know, another thing the Raptors did is they really took a, a good crowd out of the game in, in, in high pressure situations too. So that really helps, it, you know, you know, in any situation. I agree with that. Yeah, you need your home. Sometimes you need those home rims to give you those four bounce fadeaway corner shots to clinch the series. <laughs> so. The, the the best part about that, by the way, is that I saw some complaints in some forum or somewhere, I forget where I saw it, that people were saying the ball was magnetic, magnetic <laughs> in the Raptors' favor. And it's like, dude, nothing is ever in the Raptors' favor. Come on. <laughs> yeah. um, any last things you have here before Game 6 and uh, hopefully not, but possibly Game 7? Yeah, so 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 two things that are completely random. When I was at Game Three, I bought the ugliest hat in the entire uh, uh, like like in the entire arena store, and it was discounted. And the only reason I bought it was because I thought it was hilariously ugly. It looks like their um, their their jerseys they were wearing tonight. We are three and zero since 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 I um, since I bought that hat, and I'm going to continue wearing that hat until we lose. And number two is Fred Van Vliet. And Norman Powell have this shawarma um, uh, sponsorship right now, and <laughs> I'd never heard of this company before. But they're advertising it constantly throughout the game, so they must have some money. And I realized that they're so I just did a quick Google search on what they were. Realized there's one in town, so I'm gonna try it and do a review of what shawarma on the rocks is. And next time we do a podcast, I will tell you how good it is if it's good at all. <laughs> all right, that sounds good, Matt. Um, I'm looking forward to game six here. You know, early lines, just because I'm a gambling guy, so I like to look at the lines. Um, Toronto, just a slight favorite, two-point favorite. So this series isn't wrapped up, and I, you know, take your victory lap now, Raptors Twitter, but understand that <laughs> there's still a game to win before you get to the NBA Finals. And then, yeah. you know, you I ideally the NBA Finals isn't a win. An NBA championship is, so... Matt, I will talk to you, I'm sure, at some point, either early in the NBA Finals or early in the off-season process. So, or uh, when we, or or when I report live from the parade route. 